Wednesday do we have scripture, but Wednesday night in the services, uh, Wednesday night, why I love missions. We're going to share why we love missions. Uh, um, and uh, <clears throat> I know sometimes, my wife reminds me of this sometimes, she says, sometimes you scare people off by telling people that. You, you don't have to say anything, okay? You can just come and listen. Uh, you don't have to say there are plenty of people in here that'll say for you and for the next person and the next person. And so uh, we got plenty of people to talk. And so, uh, but I want to give you an opportunity, if you would like to, uh, why I love missions, why I'm a part of missions. So that's going to come up, be coming up this, uh, this coming uh, Wednesday night uh, over there uh, in the Fellowship Hall. And then Sunday, Sunday, next Sunday evening, we will be having a uh, deacons meeting. Uh, next Sunday night, uh, deacons meeting. Be aware of that. We got a couple other things coming up. We're going to be having because all of our new stuff is the new year. Uh, we're going to be having a trustees meeting coming up. We're going to be having. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to let you know this um, ahead of time. But here, really soon, we are going to have a church wide leaders meeting. What does that mean? It means if you are the head of a ministry at Rankin Baptist Temple, any of the ministries at Rankin Baptist Temple, we're going to have a meeting. We've got to get some of our stuff on the same page for 2024. And uh, if you're not sure if you're that person, come ask me and I'll let you know if you're that person. Okay, so if you're ahead uh, of any of the ministries that we have uh, going on here, uh, we're going to be having a meeting coming up, uh, a required meeting. Okay, so we all need to get on the same page over the day that we can be here uh, because we've got a lot of things to go over yeah, for the new year. Okay, so just a couple things there. Uh, again, excited about having the Rays with us in the services uh, this morning. And so, Dr. Ray, you come and uh, preach for us this morning, please, sir. I like you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Be good to him. Somebody else to get him. Be, be, be good to him. Trade his car in every year. Give him a raise in salary. Um, what else did you tell me to tell them I can? <laughs> it's good to be here. I told Mary, I said, I love these people. And it's been a long time. I told the men in the class, it was 1969 that I came to the little house by the railway track and uh, on a dark night. And, you, and Harold Spives, uh, Spivey Spives, I believe was a uh, pastor there. And uh, you've been with us all the way. Really appreciate him. And Mary and I have been married for 62 years. In about a week. In about a week or two weeks. And um, we've been happily married for 58, 59. <laughs> right in there. You heard about the couple that was having, they were 95 years old, both of them. And they were having a, getting a divorce. And somebody said, why are you getting a divorce at 95 years old? And they said, well, we wanted to wait until all the children died. <laughs> I think we'll make it. It's good to be here. I appreciate you. Uh, turn in your Bible, if you will, to, um, first of all, to first, uh, first, Second Corinthians chapter 9. And we'll look at chapter 8 first. I'm hurriedly read these verses. And they gave, uh, the churches uh, gave, well, how they gave in the Bible. And I won't say a lot about this, but 
They gave him a great trial of affliction in verse 2 of chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. They gave out a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy. They gave joyfully. They weren't like the fellow, you know, who, um, who didn't give joyfully. They gave joyfully. It's like you ever had anybody give you a gift, and they say, well, you got me one, so I had to get you <laughs> No, they gave because they wanted to, and that's, that's it. That's the key, just because you want to do it, and you want people to be saved, and you want people to find the hope you have. And out of the deep poverty, they were not rich. These were, you know, um, the Bible teaches that God sometimes will use poor human flesh, and more than rich, rich people, you know, we think all the rich people could give, but no, they gave, um, they gave out of their deep poverty. Like the widow gave her last might, and God, and she gave, Christ said she gave more than anybody else, and he looked at, um, he looked at the rich people giving and giving, and the widow came and gave her last might. He judges by not, not how much you give, but how much you have left. Have you given? He goes by percentages. And they were willing of themselves. And then in, um, in verse 5 of Second Corinthians 8, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord, and unto us by the will of God. That's it. They gave themselves uh, to him. And uh, there was a man, so some did count him mad. The more he gave away, the more he had. You're, how can you give more away than you have? You're never, ever, I give God. And I won't read, I'm going to preach on this, but in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And in chapter 10, we learn that they do it uh, to reach the people in verse 16 to preach the gospel in the regions beyond. Uh, the people that Mary and I have won to Christ and churches we started in Australia and England, they're, they're really on your account. Uh, I mean, they're your, they're your, process, they're your people because uh, you reach the regions and the, and the, you reach the people in the regions about. And uh, you can never, ever, I give God. Turn, I think one of the clearest illustrations uh, on this is 1 Kings 17, Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 17, and Elijah. Give me a minute to find it. We'll stay here. And 1 Kings chapter 17, and we look, <clears throat> begin, begin with verse 1. All right, First, verse 1, 1 Kings 17, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead. Now that, that's his history. That's all we know about him. He emerges on the pages of Scripture here. He probably was from the highlands of Gilead. He probably had thick black hair. He probably wore a sheepskin garment. They compared John the Baptist with his dress, and uh, they, they thought he was Elijah coming back. Some of them did. Elijah, that's all we know about him. But he was a man of God. And he suddenly emerges <clears throat> in the court of Ahab. And here's what he said. He said unto Ahab, verse 1, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. Not many people standing today. Like a bolt of lightning, he went to the palace of Ahab. Uh, and Ahab and Jezebel were worshippers of Baal. 
And he was a god of the weather, they thought. But Elijah was going to say the real god of the weather is here. And not many standing today. How do you stand against apostasy? How do you stand against all that's going on in our world today? Martin Luther said, here I stand. I can do no other. My conscience is bondage to the word of God. And that's the way our conscience should be. And he said, there should not be dew nor rain these years, but according to, <coughs> pardon me, according to my word. He lived by the word of God. And if you've gotten to the place where you live by the word of God, then you've arrived. You, 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 if God said it, it'll be all right to do it. And over and over again, we have this mention in the Bible, how Elijah lived by the word of God. Look in verse 8, if you will. Uh, verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him. Look in verse 16, if you will. Verse 16. Give you a minute to find it. All right. Verse 16 of First Kings 17. And the barrel of me wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fill, according to the word of the Lord. If God said it, it's all right. And it doesn't matter what the politicians say, what they believe, what anybody says to believe. If God said it, it's all right to do it. And they li he lived by the word of God. And the word of the Lord came in him, verse 2, uh, saying, uh, Get thee hence, and hide thee by the brook eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that's before the Lord. It would be a time of reaction, Ahab and Jezebel, and, and uh, God said, Get out of the way, get out of the light, until uh, this happens. And God gave him a promise with his command, hide yourself by the brook. Well, what will I eat over there? What will I, uh, how will I survive? But God gave him a command. And God always gives you a command. Well, uh, gives you a blessing, a uh, promise with his, his commands. In verse 4, it shall be that I shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. There is where God wanted him. There is where God was supplied. Where he guides, he provides, but not necessarily other places. He, he wants you there. And um, of the birds, I mean, the, the ravens were like crows. They come and they'll gobble up everything. And um, they, uh, they're not, they usually would take away from you rather than bringing it to you. But I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. It didn't make sense. But God had said it, and so he obeyed. And then the ravens, birds of prey. And then um, <clears throat> look at verse 5. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that's before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. God came through. I mean, in a very unlikely situation, uh, the birds came, and they were bringing, as they came, they were bringing bread and flesh. In the morning and in the, at night, sounded like a bread and flesh, a Big Mac, didn't it? But anyway, they, what about the new meal? Well, they didn't have a new meal. Two meals a day were enough. Probably we get oversized because we eat that third meal, but it's all right. It's not non-scriptural. A pastor may want to feed me after this is over. And um, so uh, in the morning and in the evening, and they brought uh, by the brook, and he drank of the brook. And he, look at verse 7. 
And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Some of you, maybe the brook is dried up. Maybe you say, I've tried to obey God. I've tried to do what was right. I tithed and did pray promise and I'm having all these problems. Sometimes the brook dries up. But the reason the brook dried up was because God wanted to move him to another place. Why, he could have built a home for retired prophets if uh, the brook had never dried up and the birds kept coming. Uh, he said the brook dried up. And uh, besides that, the, the ravens didn't show uh, in the morning. They didn't show up. And uh, God said, maybe your brook is dried up and um, maybe uh, God, God's ready to do something in your life. God is at work when the brook dries up. And in verse 9, uh, verse 8, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, and get thee the Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidim, and dwell there. Now there is not by the brook. There is over in, uh, in Zarephath. And he gave him a promise. And behold, I commanded a widow woman. I've commanded a millionaire would, would feed you with T-bone steaks and baked potatoes and sour cream and salad. No, he didn't say that. I commanded a widow woman to feed you there, there. And uh, God could have called angels from heaven, uh, but he used human flesh. And he used poor human flesh to do it, not the rich. So he rose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, God came through, you see. God came through. Uh, God gave him a promise with his command. God came through. And he called her and said, I fetch thee, I pray thee a little water in a vessel. And I pray thee, a little water and fetch me, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she had some water. So as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, uh, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. How could she in those circumstances? And she said in verse 12, And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. I mean, that was her last meal on earth. And um, faith is a substance of things hoped for. And when you can't see it, you act on it. As her last meal on earth, how could she give it to this preacher? He looked pretty well fed by the ravens, you know, and, and our worst trials may be our best blessings because God can work in those trials. And, and uh, how could she do that uh, under those circumstances? But God was part of her circumstances. And uh, the Bible says, Elijah said, gave his promise, uh, and Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go, and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and make it unto me, and after, after make for thee and for thy son. But thus, and then he gave her a promise. Uh, I mean, here's this preacher, well-fed preacher, and he says, I, I heard you. I know these are hard times. <clears throat> and you said, you only have enough cake to make one last meal. And my son and I were going to eat it and die. Be our last meal on earth. And you say, make me one first. And she figures it out. These preachers, uh, they, I mean, I wasn't born yesterday. 
And she said, uh, he said, make me one first. And, uh, but the promise from God is, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, verse 14, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither the cruise of oil fill, until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And uh, he's given the promise that God would supply. God came through again, and he gives a promise with his command. Now, he was trusting her to trust him. And so many times we can't, that's how faith promises, you can't see how you can do this, but God will enable you to do it until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. No one else can give God your cake. I mean, you have a cake, you have a supply, you have what God wants. <clears throat> Pardon me. No one else can give that uh, your cake to the Lord. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. There was always She wasn't rich. It wasn't that she had storehouses full of meal. But she had enough. Every day she had enough. And God doesn't promise you that, that if you give, you will you get rich. But he promises you that he will supply your need if you put him first and you give him. And God came through. And she and he did eat many days. Uh, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. It's always a little more in there, a little more in there. It wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fill according to the word of the Lord, which he spake to Elijah. You cannot give God. There was a man, though some did count him mad. The more he gave away, the more he had. You, you know, you have, give more away and you have more. It doesn't make sense. You um, trust God and see, see, give God a try this year and see what he can do. And I know many of you are doing that. When we left Australia, I had a Volkswagen bus. I was going to England, and um, the, um, I told the people, I said, now you keep the bus, uh, church is paid for it, and it's yours. They said, oh, no, Brother Ray, you need a, a bus, a van in England, so we want to we pay you for it. I said, no, no, don't want any money. God, uh, uh, churches uh, raise money, and, and I, they said, no, no, we want well, really, I was proud of them because they were getting on their feet. And they took an offering up $500. Now, that was back in 1975 or so, and uh, $500 was pretty good. And it'd be a good down payment on a, on a van in England. And uh, I was kind of proud of them. I took the $500. We came home. I put it in the bank for a bus fund, $500. Glad to have that $500 for a down payment on a bus. And um, the first church I was at was a church pastored by a man by the name of Olin Gregg. And uh, Olin Gregg, during the meeting, he said he'd had a heart surgery. He said it was $20,000. Now, $20,000 back then in 75, 100000 a day maybe. And um, he said, don't know what I'm going to do. I went to, I, I still, I, I sold everything I have, I, all my savings. I paid everything down to $8,000. And he said, don't know what I'm going to do, Brother Ray. I just, I still owe that 8000 I went to the bank and I tried to borrow the money. And the banker said, well, we can't loan you $8,000 with a heart operation as collateral. He didn't have much else. 
And I said, God bless you, Brother Greg. I know God will supply your need. And um, God was saying, $500, James. $500. No. And now I know, I know the Lord will supply. He's promised $500, James. Well, you know what I had to do. I had to give my, my bus money uh, to, to Olin Craig for the operation. I used it for seed money. I said to the church, I said, I, this was for my bus, and I told them a story. But I said, God told me your pastor has, owes $8,000 on the heart operation. And so I, I, I was led by God to give it to him. I said, take care of your pastor. The church down the road's not going to do it. It's your job. He's your baby. And I said, take care of the pastor. And they did. They used the $500, and they added to it, and they paid the $8,000 off. And I was, I was really happy, and he was happy, and they were happy. And I went on my way, but my old bus one went down to zero. And I was uh, going to different churches. I went back to the church I used to pastor in Illinois. And um, there used to be a little boy in that church, a widow's son and, and a little boy. And I would go over and I was kind of a second father to him. And I would go over and I would put his toys together on Christmas. And we would race together on the little cars he got. And, and anyway, that, that little boy had grown up. And I went back to that church. And he was, um, he, he was now grown up about 18 years old. He had a, a trust fund that had kicked in when he was 18. He didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. He said, Brother Ray, what do you need? An airplane or anything? And I said, I, said, I thought he was joking. Poor little widow's boy, you know. I said, how about the Empire State Building? We could have an office in it or something like that. And uh, he said, just on one foot and then on the other. He said, well, anyway, uh, he said, here is a, here's a check for, for $5,000. He said, buy your bus when you get to England. I was on my way home and I thought I gave that pastor $500 and God gave me $5,000 a thousand for every hundred I wish I'd given that pastor $2,000 <laughs> I wish I'd gone and made a loan or something like that but um, anyway I was so happy about that and you, you cannot give God and the bell of the mill wasted not He's with you. He'll be with you. You honor him, and he'll honor you. And then we have the last part. We have a tragedy that happened to this widow. In verse 10 of 17, it came to pass after these many things that the son of the woman, mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore uh, that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Are thy called, are thy come unto, unto me to call my sin to remembrance and slay my son? You know, when tragedy happens, you think about your sins. I do. When tragedy happens, I think, uh, you know, sometimes God allows tragedies to come and until you finally acknowledge you sin, it doesn't take me long. I start hurting, I just do it five minutes, you know. And uh, a tragedy came and um, called my sin to remembrance. And he said in her, verse 19, Give me thy son. And he took him up out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, Hast thou also brought evil upon uh, the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And 
he stretched himself upon the child uh, three times, and he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come again unto him. And God came through, came through. God was there in the person of Elijah. What if way back there, when he came and came to the village, and he said, make me a cake first. She said, would have said, I know these preachers. I know how they work. I know the psychology they use. He's not going to get my cake. Well, God would have, he gone on some, uh, some other place and some other, some other person would have given him a cake. But because she exercised her faith and she gave him a cake, then uh, God was there and the person of Elijah. And we have one of the seven resurrections in the Bible mentioned here. And the child's soul came again unto him. And, uh, and the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came unto him again, and he revived me. Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber of the house, unto the house, and delivered him unto his mother. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know, I know, that thou art a man of God, and the word of the Lord in thy mouth is true. Now she said, If God said it, I can believe it. I can trust it. I can, I can, I can do what he says. It's okay. No matter what else, no matter what the circumstances are, I can do it. Because God said it. And uh, the word of thy mouth is true. Out of this world I shall never take things of silver and gold I make. All that I have and all that I keep, I must leave behind my fall asleep. What though I toil for pain and rare to hang on the wall, I must leave it there. Though I call it mine and boast of its worth, I must give it up when I leave this earth. All that I gather and all that I keep, I must leave behind when I fall asleep. And I often wonder what I shall own in the other life when I pass along. What shall they find and what shall they see? And the soul that answers the call for me shall the great judge learn when my task is through, that my spirit has gathered some riches too. Or shall at last it be mine to find that all I have worked for I've left behind. Lay up treasures in heaven. Send them on ahead and see what God can do. There's a verse I'll close with. It's found in the Bible. Them that honor me I will honor. God on that end, you on this end. Them that honor me, I will honor. Let's bow for prayer. Our Father, we pray that you would have your way. And we pray that you would bless the faith promise and the giving. Every person in this church that gives. And I pray that you would bless them for that. And I pray that you would show yourself strong. You would come through in that crisis of life. Because they give and because they have honored you. Have your way. And if it's anybody here that's not saved today, I pray they might be saved. I pray this might be the red letter day when they come and they trust you as their Savior and as their Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. And as we do so, I have a pianist come and just play something softly. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. And just ask God 
to show you what to do and guide you. Do you need to come and rededicate your life to Christ? Do you need to come and be saved? Do you need to draw close to him? Closer to him? Come, let him have his way as she plays. While heads bowed and eyes closed, God can come through with you. Maybe that you need to take a step of faith. In these silent moments, let God have his way. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Ray, for that message uh, this morning. And uh, what a great song. Uh, people need the Lord. How are they going to know uh, unless...